Take your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2, the third Sunday of Advent, and we are just excited about diving into the Word this morning, and uh, Advent is a powerful reminder of what was, what is, and what is still to come, and as we're leading up to the, uh, to the Christmas season, leading up to Christmas Day, this year it culminates on Christmas Eve when we celebrate the love of the Savior. So next Sunday, uh, don't miss. Uh, uh, it's really what the true meaning of Christmas is all about. And I hope that you and your family are making plans to be here. Christmas Eve, uh, next Sunday morning, is going to be exciting. Uh, wear your bright Christmas colors, all right? I see lots of red. Uh, even blue is a Christmas color. Uh, lots of reds, greens, blues, all of those colors. Uh, we're going to have a great time of worship next Sunday. and Just a, a time of lifting up and exalting, glorifying the name of Jesus. So I hope you'll make plans to be here. Uh, kids are going to be on stage uh, next Sunday morning. Uh, we have a little children's sermon at the beginning of the service. And, uh, just, so get here early. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, grab some uh, hot cocoa and coffee and uh, take pictures at the, at the photo booths. If you have family in town, uh, don't leave them home. What a, what a tragedy. And I say that with all sincerity. You just don't know where their family members may be in their journey with Jesus. And so bringing them to church and just say, hey, if they're coming in town to visit, uh, say, we are all going to church on Sunday. We're all going to, to Christmas Eve. And I say, get them here. Get them under the sound of the gospel. And I promise you this. We've been praying for weeks now that God would fill each seat during the Christmas holidays and he would give us opportunity to impact uh, our the neighbors and our nations with the gospel this Christmas season. So don't miss out on that opportunity. And then at 4 p.m. on uh, Christmas Eve is our annual candlelight Christmas service. What an opportunity to share Jesus with our community. What an opportunity. You've seen the banners out here. I was driving through uh, uh, Chick-fil-A uh, one day uh, this past week, saw two different signs. I've seen some in church members' yards, uh, different places around the community. Uh, all, lots of advertisements are going out this week on social media. Uh, pray that one, people will see it, people will be interested, and that God would draw them, the Holy Spirit would draw them in, uh, and, and use it as an opportunity to share the good news of Jesus. And I promise we will do our part in presenting the word if you'll get them here. We're praying that God does supernatural things. And pray that God gets a hold of not just the hearts of those around us, that he gets a hold of our hearts. Sometimes during a familiar time, Christmas, uh, we can all probably uh, tell the basic tenets of the Christmas story in some way, shape, or form. But the reality is, is there are people who do not know the truth of the gospel. And there are people that maybe have kind of uh, fallen away from God and, and, and they've backslidden and or they're struggling and, and trying to find their, their way back to God. And so what we're praying is that God uses this Christmas season to kind of uh, get them off of life support and get them back into great relationship with the Lord and encourage them in their journey with Jesus. Every year, Christmas and Easter are opportunities that people will come out the church and their uh, surveys say they will come if they're invited by a friend or a loved one. And so use this as an opportunity to that neighbor that's moved in that you haven't uh, gotten to know real well. Uh, take one of those invite cards. In fact, every single card needs to be gone. When you leave here today, grab a, a handful, uh, hand them out to coworkers and friends. And looking forward to Christmas Eve, that evening at 4 p.m., our annual candlelight Christmas service is one of my favorite services of the entire year. 
It's an opportunity to just kind of be still and relish in what Jesus came to accomplish as the Savior of the world. And so I hope you're making plans to be here. Looking forward. There will be lots of guests on our campus that night and, and all day, really. Use it as an opportunity to introduce yourself and encourage them. Who knows how God may use that to encourage their walk with Christ and bring them to faith in Jesus. The season of Advent reminds us that we celebrate the coming King. The first week we looked at a thrill of hope in Romans chapter 15. And we looked at when all seems lost, God offers hope. He is the God of hope. Last Sunday we looked at uh, all is calm, all is bright, and how Jesus came as the Prince of Peace in Isaiah chapter 9. Today we're looking at Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at the story of the shepherds and, and how Jesus ultimately came to bring joy to the world. If you, you're noticing a pattern with the, the names of the songs. But folks, the reality is, is Jesus Christ came to bring joy to the entire world. And the shepherds were, uh, they were watching their sheep. They were, they were out on the hillside doing their, their mundane tasks. Sometimes you might feel like, hey, my job is not exciting. I don't get to see uh, babies born every day. I don't get to see uh, rockets go up every day. My life is kind of just mundane or boring. These shepherds were out on the hillside watching their flocks by night. And the word of God says an angel appeared to them. Talk about waking up, getting their attention. Some of you are like, I feel like falling asleep right now, Pastor Navy. It's, it, it's kind of cold outside. It's rainy, and I should have stayed in bed, or maybe you did stay in bed, and, and you're, you're tuning in, you're, you're listening, but your eyes are closed this morning. The reality is their life was mundane. Their life was, was just ordinary. It was nothing extraordinary. But folks, the reality is these shepherds who were camped out in the fields to protect their flocks from predators and thieves... Those are the ones that God chose to announce the birth of a Savior. Luke chapter 2, if you look in verse 8, we'll read them on the screen as well. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you what, church? Good news of what? All right, there's like 10 of us in the building this morning. All right, for he says, the angel said, fear not, for behold, I bring to you what church? Of great joy. All right, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a, with a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, verse 14, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, the word says they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Holy Spirit, would you speak to our hearts this morning? Where there are so many things this time of year that can rob our attention, can distract us, can keep us focused on ourselves, focused on the festivities, focused on the presents or the food or the decorations. 
All those things are fun and they're, they're part of the enjoyment of the season. But Lord, may we focus our attention this morning on the Savior. The Savior who came to bring joy to the world. Lord, I pray for those that may be listening here in person, that might be tuning in online. God, that do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. That this morning you would get their attention, God. That you would wake them up, open their eyes to the truth of the gospel. That Jesus loves us. And no matter how insignificant we may feel our lives are, you care. You have a purpose, a plan. You love us. You, you are, you're for us. And God, may we be encouraged this morning knowing that as you shared the truth that Jesus had been born with the shepherds, Lord, their, their eyes were open, they were in awe, they, they, were, they were so excited, they accepted the good news of the gospel. God, may we be faithful this morning to share what Jesus Christ is doing in our lives. Lord, may that joy be on our countenance, on our lips, as we exalt you, as we praise you this Christmas season. God, would you radically transform each of our hearts and lives. We'll be careful to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The shepherds received the good news of the gospel in real time. Jesus had been born in Bethlehem. Look at the announcement to the shepherds in those early verses here of Luke chapter 2. According to rabbinic literature from the 5th century AD, shepherds were the spies class. Maybe similar to some homeless people today. Maybe you look around and you go down uh, the, the streets of our city and you see someone that's kind of their life seems like it's in ruins you ever you encounter someone that seems like their life is in shambles and and you look and it's sometimes the the human nature side of ourselves is saying well look at what life has brought them look look at the the, the situation that they found themselves in and and we can almost if we're not careful and, I, and i'm putting myself out there too we can almost say they kind of deserve it. The, the, the choices that they made in this life. And folks, do you realize that's where all of us would be this morning were it not for God's grace? You see, these shepherds, for whatever reason, found themselves in a lowly position. A position that seemed like it was on the outskirts of society. They almost seemed like a reject or someone that, that had kind of uh, lost their way, so to speak. But folks, if you remember, contrast this picture in Luke 2 with the Old Testament shepherds. You remember who also was a shepherd? David. He was a shepherd boy. In that time, it was not a, a low-class thing. In fact, he would grow up to be the king of Israel. And, and he was highly favored of God. And, and God would use him. He was, he was beloved of God. That's what his name, I should know. His name is David. But anyway, he was, he was well-loved. And God had a plan for his life. And he would use him mightily uh, in the nation of Israel. So over time, this position began to kind of lose its luster, so to speak. And, and people, uh, and Jesus' day, the religious leaders would never rub shoulders with a someone who was less than. They would never encounter or, or shake hands with someone who was an unclean person who lived among animals in the wilderness. I think it's interesting to note that the only birth announcement that was given that a king had been born was given to the most likely to welcome the good news of the Messiah. Caesar Augustus had a firm grip on the much of the world during this time. It was under immense, he had so much power, he was blinded to his own need for a savior. Then we, we look at Herod the Great, who probably strutted around 
his marble palace and, and his people would come. He was always giving decrees and, and he was doing his thing. But he was paranoid of the potential enemies around him. He considered the Messiah to be a political rival that threatened him. And we know that because Matthew chapter 2 says in verse 13, when they departed, these are the, the, the magi, these are the, the wise men that we look at in scripture. The angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about, he's searching for the child to destroy him. That's what the, the, the religious leaders, the, the worldly leaders of this day, were, were. they would look down on those that were less than. But folks, Jesus chose the, the least of these to share the good news of the birth of the Savior. Tradition suggests that this cave where Jesus was born belonged to shepherds. It's possible that the very place that Mary and Joseph, uh, that they arrived because Joseph forgot to go on and, and, and reserve a room at, on VRBO or, or get a, an Airbnb and, and, and things were kind of crazy during the time. And, you know, like every other good man out there, I mean, we're always, you know, late to the race. I mean, we're, we, we're, we're so excited. I mean, we're, we're, we're excited about all the, the trips, but leave the planning to the, to the ladies. I'm telling you, I mean, it's not a sexist thing, but if my wife was not in charge of our schedule, uh, we would never arrive anywhere on time. I mean, every night she has all the clothes set out for the next day. Uh, lunches are made. We have everything organized. And if it weren't for that, I mean, so thank you those of you ladies who are type A that are very organized and detailed, making sure, you know, when I, I take my kids to the doctor and I'm, the twins have to go to their physical this week, their annual physical. And I always hate walking in and when the doctor says, so what is it that they're allergic to? You're the doctor. You have all of this in that computer. I can't remember what we had this morning for breakfast, much less what my four kids are allergic to. So just look it up in the thing. I mean, I, I don't understand. I don't remember my wife. And um, I tell my wife when I, when I go, I'm like, I'm going to call you. So just be ready. Have your phone on. Uh, be ready to get a phone call because I don't remember those details. But folks, here are the shepherds. They were watching their flock by night, and Jesus, uh, the, the, the word of God, uh, appeared to them through an angel to tell them that Jesus had been born. The angel's announcement begins with a familiar term in the ancient word, world. The verb evangelize means to proclaim news, to announce information. It describes the actions of a messenger bearing official proclamations of a king or announcing a military victory or the uh, birth of a royal heir. This term was most often associated with glad tidings. The angel qualified the message with the phrase, good news of great joy. Imagine this morning, for just a moment, God saw fit to announce the good news of the greatest joy the world would ever know to the least of these. He chose the outcast. The downtrodden, the forgotten, the overlooked to announce the good news that a Savior had been born. So maybe this morning you're sitting here and you think somehow that you don't matter to God. You, he doesn't care about you or your situation in life. Perhaps you might think he's mad at you. He's forgotten you. He's overlooked you. Can I assure you this morning, he knows you by name. 
He knows you by name. You're valuable. You matter. You have worth. You have value. You're important. You will always. He meets us where we're at this morning. Jesus meets us where we're at. You don't have to get your life together in order to be adopted into God's family. In fact, you might smell like smoke this morning. You might smell like alcohol this morning. You might smell like weed. I mean, the other day we were walking somewhere and my wife's like, it smells like a skunk. I was like, I don't think that's a skunk. <laughs> I think we're smelling some weed. But the reality is that sometimes you might, you might have had an abortion. You might have been married and divorced more times than you can even remember. I don't even remember the third or fourth. I mean, it's just like, but the reality is, is God loves you. And he meets us exactly where we are. And folks, that's the time that he does his greatest work when we've made an absolute mess of our lives. These are the people he chose to announce the birth of the Savior. He specializes in making a masterpiece out of a mess. Did you catch that? He specializes in making a masterpiece out of a mess. Why not come to Jesus and allow him to give you joy in the midst of your mess? You were created in the image of God. He created you to worship him. You are an original. There is none other like you. And folks, I love the fact that our, our, our fingerprints are so unique. There's no one else. All of our staff, every, uh, I think, two or three years, we all have to go downtown to the jail and get fingerprinted. They roll your fingers on that thing. And it's just to make sure that we're all, you know, I don't have some kind of weird secret life going on. And, and there's no background that nobody knows about it. And, and, and as we're leading uh, ministries, we have to make sure that we're legit. All of the preschool teachers and, and workers here go through the same process. And every time I, I check in at the jail to do that, feels a little bit unnerving. You know, like, I, I don't want to make this a habit. I don't want to come here very often. But the reality is, is folks, those are the things we're original. God created us all unique, and he loves us. He has a purpose for us that we see the awe of the shepherds. Look at verse 9. Luke tells us the angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. I love that. They stood in awe of the presence of Jesus. How often do you and I, or do we, are we in awe of what God has done in our lives, of how he's blessed us, how he's given us so much more than we deserve? Why would God choose such an audience, one might ask? Folks, he comes only to those who sense their need. He does not come to the self-sufficient, those who think they've got it made, that they've kind of arrived. Those are the ones that miss the glory of God. But folks, when we're desperately in need of a touch from heaven, that's when God does his greatest work. The gospel are for, are for those who know they need Jesus. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul writes, For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards, but many were powerful. Not many of noble birth. He says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. He says, God, but God chose what is low and despised, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. 
When God meets us at our lowest point, folks, we can't have anywhere else to go but up. We have to understand, hey, God is, is he's powerful. He's majestic. He's holy. He's the Son of God. And so as we worship Him this morning, we understand without Him, we have nothing in this life. The message given that night was not only for the shepherds, but it's for all of us. It was an incredible message that the promised Savior, the Messiah, had been born. We don't see the glory of the passage until we learn what the shepherds learned. This was not glorious work. This was certainly not their best shift. In fact, those people that were working overnight as a shepherd probably felt like, man, I have gotten the small straw. I have, I mean, I, this is like the worst job and the worst uh, uh, shift I could possibly be working. And yet God showed up. He met them in their time of need. The th that night, things were about to turn around for them. The angel of the Lord would appear. And they were awestruck. The dark night was suddenly illuminated with the light of God's glory. The Bible tells us they were filled with fear. Awe and reverence filled the heart of the shepherds. That's what happens to all of us when we come face to face with the glorious gospel. We stand in awe that God would love us. He would in his mercy and his love look down his grace and see us in our hour of need and choose to save us the lowliest lowliest of men received the highest theology that night they had a front row seat to seeing the gospel they were the first to hear the good news of great joy i wonder this morning have you been in awe of what jesus has done for you have you been captured by grace have you discovered that what jesus came here to accomplish here on this earth, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? See, it's not enough that he was just born 2,000 years ago as a baby in the town of Bethlehem. But the reason he came is so important. He came so that you and I might be saved. That's the good news of great joy. He came so that you can be made righteous before God. He came that we might have a personal relationship with Jesus. And folks, that's available to both Jew and Gentile. That, that's the beauty of the God. God cares about you. He desires to be our Savior. Then we see the acceptance of the shepherds in verse 10. You see, there was a mighty move of God that night as he would get a hold of the hearts of these shepherds. The angel helps calm them down by telling them, he says, I'm bringing you good news of great joy. What was the good news? That they were accepted. God loved them, and he made a way for them to have a relationship with him. They were invited to be a part of the family of God. That night, they were offered hope, peace, and joy. Forgiveness can be found in a relationship with Jesus. That is the good news of great joy. You see, the Greek word for great here is megas. It means exceedingly loud, mighty news. Wycliffe translated it this way. He says, I evangelize you to a great joy. This morning, a faith that does not produce joy is not genuine. Hold on. A faith that does not produce joy is not genuine. When we recognize what Christ has done for us, we can't help but be overwhelmed by joy. Do you believe that this morning? You see, what happens is 
Sometimes we allow joy to be robbed by our circumstances. Maybe things haven't gone well for you this year. Maybe this has been a, an absolute wreck of a year. Physically, health-wise, spiritually, uh, relationally, uh, financially. It could have been absolute uh, 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 up to here. It was a terrible year. But folks, our joy is not based on our circumstances. Because yesterday it was, it was warmer outside. And, and I saw people wearing shorts. And today it's, it's cold. And it's rainy. And, and I mean... Lord willing, I, they say this, this is our year for snow, church. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever wanted, if you're a snow lover, I mean, uh, I, I can't wait. I mean, I'm hoping, I'm praying, my fingers are crossed. I mean, we're on our knees begging. Uh, God, I would like to see some snow, not a lot. Well, that's the thing about North Carolina. We don't, it only lasts for a day or maybe two, unless you get 20 inches. But uh, we're due for that. But anyway, uh, I'll stick with uh, two or three inches. But I, I look forward to those things. So folks, this, this could be our year. Folks, as, as, the, as, the, as he was saying, there's great joy. Good news of great joy is that Jesus Christ had been born. And folks, as we receive Jesus into our, Lord, our life as our Lord and Savior, we can experience true joy. What was the message for? He says in verse 10, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. He loves all of us. Not just a few. Not just a, for a few select, not just a few that are, are the right color, that speak the right language, or the, from the right part of the country. No, he says, I bring good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. I love that the message is broad. He loves all of us. In fact, he says in Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That includes you. That includes the person beside you, across the aisle, the person behind you. It includes me, it includes all of us. Folks, it includes every single one of us. We must accept what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. But with an angel, he makes it more personal. He says in verse 11, for unto you. Unto you is born this day. In the city of David, a Savior who is Christ. So the message is broad. It's for all of it. Good news of great joy to be for all people, but unto you. You see, it's personal. The message of hope and salvation, the message of joy is personal. The gospel is for the entire world, but you must receive it. You must accept the free gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ. How do we know the shepherds received it? Verse 15 says, when the angels went away from them into heaven... The shepherds said one to another, let's go over to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened and which the Lord has made known unto us. Folks, they couldn't wait to go see what God had done. The gospel radically transformed their lives. They couldn't go on like nothing else happened. They had to immediately go there. And then we see lastly the actions of the shepherds. We see in verse 16, it says, they went with haste. They found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in a manger, when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. What was their response? They made haste. They got on it. They, they, they got there. They didn't wait until morning. They didn't say, 
hold on, let's FaceTime all of our brothers out there on the field and let's see if everybody's in agreement and we can all just kind of migrate over there over the next few weeks and months and, and we'll get... They got on it. The shepherd, the angel said, this is where the child is being born and, you, and they made their way and they experienced the birth of the Savior. They saw the Christ child lying in a manger. Folks, the amazing thing is it didn't stop there. They couldn't keep it to themselves. They couldn't wait to tell others about all that God had done for them. Say, Pastor, what's the application? What will you do with the good news of great joy? What will you do with the good news of great joy? Have you received it? For unto you was born this day. The good news of great joy, which shall be to all people, folks, is personal. The gospel of Jesus is personal. He desires to transform and change our lives. And so when we encounter a relationship with Jesus, we have to believe. We have to place our faith and trust in him. Folks, it's not enough to just say, yeah, all right, Pastor David, I get it. The baby was born in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross. I got that. Just, I got the facts. Don't bore me with the details. Have you personally received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Has there been a, a time in your life that you said, Lord, I... I believe I'm a sinner. Acknowledging our sin before a holy God, there's something so freeing about that because he already knows. He knows every detail of our lives. In fact, the word of God says he knew us before the foundation of the earth. And yet he still loves us. He still sent his son to die. Folks, if, if that doesn't give you chills, he loves us. He's for us. But folks, we must receive the gospel. Or else it's just another fairy tale. Disney has lots of those. And there are lots of books that talk about you know, they lived happily ever after, blah, 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 blah. The end. Folks, this isn't the end of the story. It's just the beginning. Because Jesus came to bring good news of great joy for all the people. But it's only good news if we receive it. It's only good news if we receive it in time. And say, Pastor, maybe say, well, Pastor, I grew up in church I was confirmed, I was, I was sprinkled, I was baptized, I've, I've taken communion, I've, my name is on the roll, I've, I've done all these things, those are wonderful. But have you ever received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Because if not, the story of Jesus is lost on you if you don't receive it. The gospel is only good news if it arrives in time. It's only good news if we receive what Jesus has done. I wonder this morning, have you received? The gospel is good news. 
I love what Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. We also thank God constantly for this. That when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us. Look at this next phrase, that middle line. You accepted it. Not as the word of men, but as what it really is. The word of God. Which is at work in you. You see what happens is Acts 2 says those that gladly received his word were baptized. They were added to the church daily such as should be saved. You have to receive the word of God. John 1 says in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Same as in the beginning with God. When Jesus came to earth as a baby, he came to offer us joy in this life. And the good news of the gospel is great joy. Once we accept the gospel that Jesus died on the cross to forgive us of our sins, to be our Lord and Savior, we can discover true joy. Not based on our circumstances, but rather rooted in a personal relationship with Jesus. Once we've accepted Christ, the word of God says, we too must tell others about how they too can know Jesus. You see, joy can't be contained. The Bible talks about our cup runneth over. As you enjoy that relationship with God, as you fall in love with Jesus, it should be on our countenance. People ought to be able to say, I don't know what it is that person, I don't know what it is she has. I don't know what it is he has. But I want some of that in my life. I want to experience the joy of knowing Jesus. Imagine this this morning. A thousand years earlier, David, a young shepherd boy, watched over his father's sheep in that same region. Now the shepherds see the star of David, pointing them to the son of David, Born in the city of David. What an awesome thing. God began to shine his light and share that Jesus Christ had been born. I love how verse 20 wraps up the story. He says, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. They rejoiced. They had joy in their hearts and lives when they realized all that God had done for them. In church this Advent season and every day, we should rejoice in all that God has done for us. Tell the story of the joy of knowing Jesus. It truly is joy to the world. Holy Spirit, would you speak to hearts this morning?